Welcome to the OA Light a Candle Meeting Podcast. Visit our website at oalaig.org where you will find several speaker feeds with over 400 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep this special service active. The opinions expressed on the Light a Candle podcast are those of individual OA members and do not represent OA as a whole. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Courtney. Hi, I'm Courtney, compulsive over and under eater. Hi, Courtney. Um, thank you so much for asking me to lead. I, um, it's just such a, it's just a blessing to be here and to know so many of you that I talk to every day. And um, you know, when I came in, I, um, I was on my way to New York for work and for a friend's wedding, and um, I was worried about what I was going to eat on the plane. And I was like, this can't be normal. <laughs> Like, there's a diner on every corner in New York City. And, um, and I was staying with friends who had kids. Like, it, like food was not an issue. And, um, you know, I all through, like, I was a chubby kid, and then I lost weight, and then I gained the weight, and then I gained, you know, it was like the obsession of the 10 pounds. You know, it was like I would lose it and gain it just to lose it, just to gain it. And um, it was always like, I will be happy when, you know. And then I would get there, and then I was like, well, now what? You know, and then I would, like, eat my way back to it. Like, and I do believe that, you know, welcome to the newcomers. And, um, you know, it is a spiritual program. And I do believe that, like, if you don't replace the 12 steps with, for the food, like, you're just going to go back. Because, like, what would happen is, is that I would, um, you know, get a new set of problems and not know how to deal with them. And so I would go back to what was comfortable, which was the food. And it was like, it wasn't until I really put God first that, there, that I even had a chance. And, um, you know, I do believe that it's the obsession of the mind. It doesn't really matter what anybody looks like. Like, you just have no idea, like, judging somebody's outsides, you know, by your insides. I mean, I was that, oh, sorry. I was like, I was out of my mind. And, um, and when I put the food down, I was crazier. You know, um, like I was cranky before, but I was 10 times crankier without like being able to use like my drug of choice. And, um, you know, I was a vegan. I was a raw vegan. I was, um, you know, paleo. Like I did everything. And um, and I know a lot of people are we allowed to talk about foods. So I know like I would binge on cantaloupe like it wasn't really gummy bears or like sugar, but it was like. I could eat, like, five bananas in one sitting. And, like, quote, unquote, it wasn't bad. So I was like, oh. And because I wouldn't, like, show it, I kind of, like, got away with it for a while. And um, and I just, my life would get really, really small. And that's the thing that brought me in, is that I just, you know, I think the thing about addiction um, is that you really don't get to live the life that you're meant to live. And I wouldn't know what that was because I was so caught in my self-will of, like, what I wanted when I wanted it. And, you know, I would joke, like, I had to, like, I avoided my life with the food. And then I had to, like, get a life to, like, avoid the food. Like, I was like, what am I going to do between breakfast and lunch? Like, if I'm not thinking about what I'm going to eat next or, like, how I'm going to eat or how much are you eating or like, like I would be sitting across the table from somebody and I would be like, she's going to eat that? Like she only ate half of it. 
Like, and how much did I eat? And then how much did I eat before I got here? And how much am I going to eat after here? And then, like, how long do I have to exercise to make sure that, like, I'm just at the status quo? Like, I was not present for any part of my life. And, um, and you know, I really hated that saying, like, it's in giving that you receive. I was just like, I can't take care of myself. Like, I can't be there for anybody else. You know, I can't show up for you. You know, it's like when a sponsee calls me and I'm sitting on my couch, I'm like, no, not now. It's not a good time. Like, it's never a good time. You know, like 5.30 on a Saturday night. No, it's not a good time. Like, you know, it's like being of service is never a good idea for me. You know, like not thinking about like what I'm going to eat next, like sending my food in, doing a 10 step before I go to bed at night is so inconvenient. Like, I'm never in the mood to answer all those questions. You know, what did I eat? Did I, res you know, am I resentful? Do I owe anyone an apology? I'm just like, ah, can I just use the answers that I used yesterday? <laughs> and, um, you know, my favorite saying, I mean, I highlight it in red, so I just have to go to the answers. Like, you know, and, you know, my favorite saying is that the shower I took today is not going to keep me clean tomorrow. And, um, you know, I may have had like a, abstinent day yesterday, but today is a new day. And, um, and I'm such a hot mess today. And, uh, you know, I don't like to share unless everything's great. And, um, and I just really am just humbled by like, you know, it's really, um, it's really a spiritual program, you know, and I wish I could say like, that that weren't the case, you know, like I came in and I was like, a plan of eating. I was like, sounds like a diet to me, you know? And, um, and I remember like making an outreach call and she was like, it's a plan of eating. Like, what are the foods that you can eat like a lady? And like the one, you know, and, and my sponsor had me like make a list of red, yellow, and green light foods. And I was just like, okay. She's like, call three people a day. I'm like, Ugh. you know, um, get on your knees, pray before each meal. Um, uh, you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, nothing in between. Um, every meal has a beginning, middle, and an end. And I was like, what? Like, I just grazed all day long. Um, and, you know, outreach calls, go to a couple meetings. And every morning, pray to have your narcissism removed. And I was like, I am not a narcissist. <laughs> like, do you know how much I do for other people? And... Um, <laughs> And it was really like I did for other people so they would do for me, you know. I gave to other people so they would give to me. And um, I'm not, I don't want to get too much into, like, I come from Al-Anon for, like, 17 years. I'm like, my Al-Anon stuff is what got me here, you know. I mean, I ate over people, places, and things. I starved over people, places, and things. And, um, you know, I just came off of a job. And, like, my food and my life and taking care of myself is all great when I'm working, like, because I have, like, a greater purpose. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have a greater purpose just being a human being, being of service to other people on the planet. But, like, when I'm working, I'm important, you know? Therefore, I have to, like, take care of myself in, like, the best possible way. And then I come off of a job, and it's like the crash of reentry is so... Um, the only way I can describe it is it's like it's self-obsession, run riot, you know? And um, and I do really want to go through the steps because it's silly to be in a 12-step program and not talk about them. Um, 
Uh, I came in, admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. I just knew that I was powerless over how much I thought about food. Um, you know, I ate box food all through college. Um, you know, I had two sets of clothing. I decided if I wanted to go to a barbecue, depended on how I felt, you know, how if I could be around food. I didn't want to be afraid to go out to dinner with people. I didn't want to have to eat before I went out on a date. Like, I didn't want to, like, be, um, you know, the great thing about, like, being a, when I was a raw vegan, it was like, wasn't an eating disorder. Like, I was just eccentric and special, you know, and <laughs> and really healthy and, like, really had high standards for how I took care of myself. And um, and it gave me the, the luxury of talking about food all the time, you know. And um, I don't know about you, but, like, really nothing is more boring than talking to somebody about their food. Um, <laughs> And sponsoring people, I'm like, listen, I'll talk to you about the food, but it's not about the food unless it's about the food. And, um, you know, it really is um, a spiritual program. And, like, I can eat the chocolate cake on Monday, but I can't eat it on Tuesday if I'm not in spiritual fit condition. And generally, if I want something, it's probably not okay to have it. And if I'm like, eh, I could take it or leave it, then I can probably, you know, have it. And um, my birthday falls, like, around when there's, like, ten other birthdays. And so there's lots of going out to eat, and everyone's like, I'm like, if that chocolate cake is not really worth it, like, it's just not worth it to me. Like, I really try not to eat anything that I'm going to be thinking about after I eat it. And my abstinence is just to keep coming back. I can't have any rules around food. You know, the minute I have a rule around food, I just want to break it. Um, now, I, again, like, going back to, like, a plan of eating and how it's not a diet, it's like, I won't... Um, like, I remember I came in here and I had chocolate every morning for breakfast. And, you know, I'd, I'd email it into my sponsor and I was, not, um, I was not embarrassed about it. I just was like, look, this is the way it is. Like, I'm eating chocolate every morning for breakfast. And I remember, like, that night I had something and I was like, mm, I really, I have a stomachache every day. And I'm sure it's the chocolate for breakfast. And I don't really want to have a stomachache tonight. And so I'm not going to have the chocolate for breakfast. And that's how it started. But it wasn't because I shouldn't be doing this. What's wrong with you that you're not doing this? Um, ugh, anybody, you know, like everybody knows that you should. Like the shaming and the guilt that goes along with like this disease, like I just wasn't going to get abstinent that way. And, um, you know, I tell my sponsors, I don't care what you eat. I just don't want you to beat yourself up for it when you're done. Um, you know, it's like that I'm a child who wants to eat and do whatever she wants when she wants to do it. And then I want to, like, throw a fit about it because, like, I'm entitled, you know, and not be, like, a grown-up and, like, yeah, you have a stomachache because you made this choice. Um, so, one, admitting I was powerless over food and that my life had become unmanageable, like, I knew that this was not, like, the smartest way to live my life. And, um, and I didn't really want to spend this much time thinking about it. Um, coming to believe that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity, I just... Uh, when I got here, and if you're new, I really wish you the gift of desperation because I did not come in desperate, and so I was not very teachable. And I suggest that if you get a sponsor, that you do what she says. And if you don't do what she says, at least listen to her and then hang up the phone and then do whatever you want. But, like, I would call these people, and, um, and I remember my sponsor saying, look, if your way is working so much better, then go back to it. And it was just like this big aha moment of like, I don't want what, I, I don't want to be told what to do, 
but it's like I'm lying next to a lake dying of thirst. Like I don't know how to help myself. And I can tell you what to do, but I can't help myself. And it wasn't going to come through like guilt and shame. Um, and you know, like every other 12-step program, I don't believe it's a self-improvement. I believe it's about <laughs> self-acceptance. And I just did not want to have this disease. Like, it's just not sexy. You know, like having issues with food, I just was like, anything else. You know, I just didn't want to be that girl. And um, and I just, like, I remember I would be standing there in front of the almond butter, like, every time, being like, this time is going to be different. And, you know, that jar was gone, like, within 24 hours, you know, or... Whatever it was. Like, I mean, I remember, like, I just recently had a food that used to be, like, a binge food. And I was like, this doesn't even taste good. Like, and I would eat so much of it. And it was like, that was the thing. Like, I couldn't even taste what I was eating. I wasn't even interested in what, what it tasted like. So coming to believe that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity, I just knew that, like, something here was working. And I just was like, all right, I'll just, I'll try. I'll do everything they say. And then if it doesn't work for me, I get to leave. Um, made a decision to turn my will and my life over to the care of God as we understood him. You know, it doesn't say God. It says, you know, for me, God was good, orderly direction, um, trusting that God was speaking through somebody else and just, you know, being willing to set aside everything I think I know to have a new experience. Um, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of myself. I mean, I just recently had to, like, remake amends to, like, Whole Foods for stealing from their bins. And... Um, <laughs> And this was the thing. I was like, it's really like 50 cents. You know what I mean? Like, this is how my disease works. I was like, I'm only taking like a handful. I just eat it before I get to the register. Like, and I was, and my friend was like, I think that's stealing. And I was like, mm, really? <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. And she's like, how long have you been in program? And I was like, don't, are you going to mess this up for me? Like, are you going to ruin? I was like, it's not even that much. It's like a sample. And, um, <laughs> And it was ruined for me, by the way. So then I could never go in to a Whole Foods and take from the bins again. And I went in, and uh, I brought them some money. And I was like, uh, yeah, I've been stealing from your bins, and this is how much. And she was like, just think of it as a sample. And I was like, mm, it's kind of stealing. And now I'm, like, convincing her. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, look, please take my money. And she's like, mm, no. She's like, I can't really. I was like, do you have a charity? And she's like, we do. And I was like, great. Donate the money to a charity. And, um, and I walked out of there, and then I had to go to two more stores. And, um, and that was it, though. Like, I know, like, the sexiness and the, like, eh, it's like, it's like the high of stealing and over, like, compulsive. You know what I mean? It was like, suddenly, like, it's done. And, um, and to me, that's like four and five, you know, making a, searching for this moral inventory of ourselves, admitting to God, to someone else, and... Um, and six and seven uh, are uh, entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character and humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. I just, um, you know, again, I was like, my ego thinks, oh, I can fix myself. Like, I have this thing, so let me fix it. And, you know, I came in here and I was like, oh, great, so I'm here, so it's going to be better. And, I mean, anyone who's in this room who's been here for a while knows that, like, your abstinence is by the grace of God. You know, like, I've seen people lose it after years, and it just doesn't make any sense. And, um, you know, I used to take all of the actions of, like, meditating and calling and getting on my knees and three meals a day and all this stuff um, because I was supposed to. And, um, and something shifted a couple years ago where I realized, like, that's my part of a relationship with God. And if I want abstinence and if I want to be relieved of the obsession 
in my mind, like those are the things I have to do. And some days I have the obsession and some days I don't. And that is up to God. You know, that is being ready to have God remove it and asking him to remove it. And I've also never really asked um, for God to remove something and not had it removed. Granted, it's not been in my time, but um, really being willing to just like, God, help me want what you want and let me be okay that this is the way that it is right now. Um, and making, you know, a list of all persons we had harmed and making direct amends to such people wherever possible. You know, when I made those lists, I made a list of the people that I thought owed me an amends. And um, <clears throat> because those were the people I was carrying around with me all day. And, um, and again, like, how can I make amends to them? You know, I thought, like, when I was in Whole Foods, I was like, I'm off the hook. They don't want my money. And, uh, and then, like, this little voice is like, yeah, but they have a charity. Like, you can still give in another way. And I was like, but, but, but. And um, that's making an amends, you know. Um, and 10, 11, and 12 are really the maintenance steps. You know, 10 maintains my relationship um, with myself, you know. Again, like, I try to eat for freedom, and I try to live my life for freedom. And so the annoying part of doing that step 10 every night is that I get to wake up the next day free and clear. And I used to never be free and clear. I would wake up with a hangover. I, like, talked, you know, like, I used to gossip so much about people. Um, it was bonding. And, um, <laughs> you know, or, like, you know, the difference between, like, reasoning something out and gossiping, fine line. It's a fine line. Um, you know, but I just, and in my business, it really is bonding. Like, you know, you meet someone, you haven't, it's like, well, who do you know in common? Like Facebook. And then we, you know, it just becomes, oh, God, I, yeah, I've worked with that person. It just becomes not good. And, um, and I really, it's going to show up in my food. Like, that's the thing. Like, if I take actions, you know, the big book says that you take a series of actions that you don't believe in, um, and so I do. And so, you know, a lot of the time, like, these things that I'm doing, I just feel like, really? This is really going to help me? Um, you know, I didn't have time to call three people a day. I mean, I was busy going to the market three times a day, you know? Like, I had to Google, like, you know, the latest trend of, like, juicing or cleanse or whatever. Like, I did not have time to think about anybody else. Um, and... You know, it really is, like, thank God for my sponsees because I need to go through that big book over and over again. You know, I'm so sick of hearing what I have to say about the 12 steps and, like, what my experience is. And it's like I really need to be reminded that I am, like, one stone throw away from being there again. Um, and 11 maintains my relationship with something greater than myself. Um, you know, I used to pray, pray. I used to pray for what I wanted. And... Um, and then I prayed to want what God wants. Um, and I realized that praying is talking to God and meditation is actually listening. And if I'm not clear in my food and in my emotional life, then I can't actually hear what God's will is for my day because I'm so busy, like, trying to run the show. Um, that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, and... 12 maintains my relationship with other people. You know, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to the compulsive overeater and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. And, um, you know, when anyone asks me to be of service or call, if I can, I do. And to me, that's just like letting God participate in your life. And, and you know, there's been, like, work things that come up or things that come up, and I'm like, yeah, I don't want to do that. And then I'm like, yeah, your job is to, like, get on board with that. 
And if you're not supposed to do that, and if that person's not supposed to be in your life, guess what? Like, they just disappear. Like, that's kind of the beauty of it. Like, I, I really say, like, okay, God, I'll show up for this. Like, not a huge fan, but, like, I'll get on board with it. And then it is immediately taken care of. And if it's not taken care of, then there is always, it always turns out better than I can ever imagine. And, you know, my prayer lately um, is really like, this is going to turn out better than I can ever imagine. Because when things are happening and I don't like that they're happening, I'm just like, okay, this is how God wants it to happen right now. That's A. B, help me get on board with that. And C, this is going to turn out better than I can imagine. And the faster that I get myself into that loop, instead of like, I want this, and I want to go this way, and why did they do that, and what can I do to get this way? And, And then it used to be like, if only I were thinner, prettier, smarter, this and that, or whatever. It was like, again, all about me all the time. So um, that's all I want to say, I think, and um, I will take questions, I guess. What do I do? Repeat the questions. Okay. Does anybody want to ask a question? Yes. Yep. So the question was, talk about red, yellow, and green light foods, and then I also said I don't restrict any foods. So um, so the red, yellow, and green light foods, red light foods are foods that I know are probably going to lead me down like a path of self-obsession or binging or, I mean, for me, it's usually nuts, chocolate, you know, flour, sugar, whatever those things are that I know, like the disease of craving just gets set off. So if I'm going to have them, I just have to know that, like, the disease of craving is going to set in. And um, yellow foods are foods that sometimes do that, not always. Rice, sometimes, maybe not. Um, Honey. And then, you know, green light foods, like, I'm not really ever obsessing over chicken or fish. (laughs) It's not really. I don't wake up thinking about kale. (laughs) You know? Um, So, like, those are the foods. And I try, again, like, I try to eat for freedom. So it's like I try to, like, I can have the things that are on my red light list. You know, and I can have those foods. I just have to know what comes with that. And so if I'm prepared to deal with that, then I can, can do that. So, so that, yeah. Yeah. So it was like, why is my absence to keep coming back? Um, I think um, any rules that I have around food, I just want to break them. So I can stick to breakfast, lunch, and dinner and a snack if I need it. Um, it is a program based on rigorous honesty. So at the end of the day, only I really know if I'm being, you know, truly honest. Like my sponsor doesn't really know. Like my sponsees' foods are different that trigger them than they do me. And um, I just knew that every time I, like, tried to stick to a plan, you know, of no sugar, no flour, like, I just was going to break that. So any abstinences that I have around that, I just don't, you know, that wasn't my issue coming in. My obsession of the mind was really what triggered for me, so...
So a concept of a higher power when I came in. I did have a concept of a higher power when I came in. Um, I think it has changed a lot. My idea of something greater than myself was kind of like my mother. <laughs> you know, conditional. Um, if you're a good girl, you'll get this. If you do things, if you do all the right things, maybe I'll give you this. Um, it was definitely, I definitely felt when things didn't go my way that I had done something wrong. You know, and again, I think that goes back to like my ego and um, me being a narcissist. You know what I mean? Like me thinking that it's all about me and taking it so personal. And this idea that like everything that happens in my life is happening for me. And that really changed a couple of years ago. I could see like the dots connecting. I started to just really look at my life and how I, how one thing didn't work out and then it turned out better than I could ever imagine. And then that led to something else. And then I just really started to want what I had. You know, and I'd spent so much of my life climbing to get somewhere else. And then I had something, but it wasn't quite good enough. And then I wanted this. And then I'd get there, and I was like, mm, but I really want this. And just never being grateful for what I had in my life. And this idea of, like, you know, really appreciating and being grateful for what I had. And, like, if God is really looking out for me, and if it is to the care of something greater than myself, then I'm like, it's all good. And, like, I just can't see it, so how can I get, how can I change my point of view? You know, it's like that saying, let go or be dragged. You know, um, God's will is going to prevail. So um, I'm going to have a much happier life if I'm like, okay, great. Like, I can't, this is good. I'm going to assume this is for the best. And I might have feelings about it, but, like, that's, they're just feelings, you know, and my feelings are not necessarily facts anymore. They're just feelings. Yeah. Um, you talked a little bit about gossiping. How has your program informed that behavior today? And if you've ever gotten caught gossiping, how have you handled it? Gossiping. She asked me to talk about gossiping. So I was dating somebody. And um, I didn't, I met him through like a different venue, but we had had a ton of friends in common. And, um, and I really liked him. And somebody said, um, we were just friends, and somebody said something really shitty about him. And I was like, huh. I was like, that's not my experience yet, you know, of him. And, but everything he did thereafter, I just kept looking for this thing to happen. And, um, it was like he was doomed. Do you know what I mean? Because I had this in the back of my head, and I thought, like, nobody should have that, like, ever, you know? Because um, it's just their experience, you know? And then I've projected that. Like, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not big enough to not, like, you know, belong to the last person that I talked to, you know? So. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for your share. Um, can you talk a little bit about finding a sense of purpose and satisfaction with yourself when you're not working and when it's just you and the Okay. <laughs> Today, really, that question? Um, okay, so the question was... Um, now I'm starting to like sweat. Um, finding a sense of purpose uh, when I am not working in the world. And um, I had to um, I had to work my life the way I worked a job, you know, and I, I made a list of um, of things to do in the day. 
you know, and at the top of the page is like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And did I eat while sitting down? Um, did I, you know, did I pray for somebody else? You know, did I do something that I didn't want to do? Did I do three things for work? Um, and then I made a list of like things that I'm grateful for, things that I need help with, things that I will see God in, um, things that I need God's help with, you know, ten things that I want. And, um, and then I would meditate and, um, and I really didn't do anything else, you know, and, um, they, they were always like, you know, what are, what do you do? Like I paint. And so I just had like hobbies and like, you know, you go to a meeting and you like see a friend and you make some phone calls and you eat three meals. And I was like, it's a day well spent, you know, and there's just like not a lot for me to do. And lo and behold, like work things would come in. You know, when this last job ended, um, you know, my sponsor's like, go on vacation. And I was like, but I don't have a job. And she's like, oh, yeah, and get a new car. And I was like, but I don't have a job. And she's just like, you know what? It's going to be okay. And lo and behold, I'm painting one afternoon, and I get a call for a job. You know, like it just, it never ceases to amaze me that I, you always get picked up. It's just not when you're, like, staring at it. And I just have to really, it's, it's like, continual. Like, I just really have to trust that, like, this is going to be great. And um, this last job I had, I'm like, it was really fantastic. And if that's the last project that I do like that, it was pretty great. And so, like, I'm just going to assume that whatever God brings to me and wherever he puts me is, like, is going to be just as great, you know? I don't know. Does that really answer your question? Yeah. Okay. Okay, good. Yeah. Hi. Thanks so much for your share. Um, so my abstinence, like yours, doesn't include a specific food that I abstain from. It's I don't binge, I don't purge, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk a little bit more about how you found a way to eat in a way that helps you feel clean mm-hmm. without having specific foods I abstain from and had that journey? Okay, so the question is about my abstinence. Keep coming back and, like, um, how I found to eat in a clean way since I don't have a lot of restrictions around my food. Okay. So um, so I do believe that the disease is threefold, you know, that it's physical, spiritual, um, physical, spiritual, um, and mental. Is that? No. Physical, spiritual. Am I saying that right? Um, so I mean, we get recovery in all three areas. So I don't believe that God is going to come down and put my fork down for me. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I do believe that I have to be rigorously honest about, like, you know, did I eat, did I overeat each, you know what I mean? Like, it, it is a, um, it is breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and a snack if I need it. And I know the difference if I'm having a snack just because I'm allowed to versus am I hungry? You know, if I wait more than four hours to eat, I'm probably going to have a really big next meal. You know, if I undereat, I'm probably going to have a really big next meal. Like, I'm going to pay the price if I'm not rigorously honest at each meal. Like there's just, it's gotten to the point where like I can't, I'm so, I know myself so well that it's, um, you know, it really just comes back to me and, and what is my relationship with something greater than myself. Like, um, you know, I, I know the difference between like wanting sweet potato fries because I want them and being able to eat them, you know, and It's like I just, I think we're guaranteed recovery in all those areas. And I think you have to be honest with yourself to know, am I overeating 
but yet staying within my abstinence. Because it's, I, you can do that. You know, I could say I keep coming back, but like whatever, I'm having breakfast, lunch, and dinner and overeating at every meal. Like, but still, I'm keeping my abstinence. And, you know, there was a period of time for, I think, the first year and a half where I had to weigh and measure my food. You know, I, I had to know, I didn't have a sense of portion control. I didn't have a sense of, you know, I wanted to eat what I wanted to eat whenever I wanted to eat it. You know, and that's just not where the freedom is going to be for me today. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. Are we done? One more question? No? Yes. Yeah, I exercise, I was definitely, oh, what is my relationship to exercise? I definitely over-exercised for years and years and years. Like, no matter how much I ate, depended on how much I exercised. Every get-together with somebody had to be centered around, like, a hike or some kind of, like, exercise. Like, I couldn't sit still, you know. I needed to keep moving. And um, and I, it was the same thing, you know. If I exercise, I could write it on the calendar, and if I over-exercised, it was going to show up in my food. You know, there was like this, well, I worked out, so therefore I deserve, you know. And thank you, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs>